impact and fix spec, this is Founders Anonymous, the podcast that helps you move your business up a gear. I'm your host, David Trott. Welcome to Founders Anonymous. I'm David Trott. And coming up this week, we talk to hospitality entrepreneur and cocktail legend Emma Rostang Lowe about the brutal impact of COVID on bars and pubs. Emma, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. It's nice to nice to speak to you after such a long time. Yes, likewise. And where, where are you dialing in from today? Um, so I'm at home, which is a kind of Warrington way. Um, but obviously, uh, my business is in Altrincham. Uh, so yeah, South Manchester, Cheshire, if you like. What's it like up there? Is it a beautiful day today? No, it's pretty cloudy and dull and uneventful. Great. Okay. Well, live from uneventful Cheshire, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. There are few areas of our daily lives that haven't been impacted by COVID over the past 16 months, but one area which is very close to my heart has been absolutely devastated, and that is the hospitality industry. Uh, Emma, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how COVID has hit your business? Yeah, sure. Um, so we've had Riddle's cocktail bar and a mobile bar service since 2014. It's been uh, successful from day one. Um, we've always had a good body of customers. And yeah, it's been a, a, a really nice business to run. We've done it as a family. And it's just been pretty consistent for most of the time it's been open. The impact of what happened at the beginning of 2020 was just a kind of turn your world upside down type of experience um, because the unthinkable happened. Everything stopped. And it's weird when you have a hospitality business, day to day is pretty intense and it just all in one fell swoop just stopped. It wasn't even right. We're going to close you for X amount of time and then everything's going to be okay. It was you need to close. We don't know for how long. And we can't tell you what's going to happen. And you just think, oh, my God, you know, this could be this could be years. We don't we have no idea. Yeah, it was terrifying. And mentally, it was completely draining. I completely freaked out on the first day and was like, we need to do this. We need to do that. We're going to have to put all these new things in place. We need to change everything. Um, I think I spoke to you, actually. And I think you said, I think you just need to just sit down, (laughs) calm down for maybe a day or so. Be kind to yourself and then think through a strategy. Yeah. It, I mean, me being the calming influence doesn't doesn't sound like my character in any way. Um, so listeners won't know what, what your bar is like. Can you just tell everyone a little bit about Riddle's Bar and what you've built? So it is a vintage style cocktail bar, but the main passion, the main focus is, is traditional and handcrafted cocktails. Um, really relaxed atmosphere, all table service, all kind of jazz swing music and just a really nice relaxed atmosphere where you can have a really good drink. But it's a focus on on quality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And you run this bar with your fantastic husband, Del, that's right, yeah? Oh God, yeah, I mean, I forgot all about him, yeah, he's involved as well. <laughs> we ended up in Altrincham because he got a job managing a bar there and then we decided to, to do our own thing. And um, yeah, I think we created something pretty special. In fact, we, there was an article written on us this this week, Cheshire Live, and we were voted one of the top seven cocktail bars in in Cheshire. Yeah, I was really, really, really pleased with that. That was that was nice. Okay, so 
let's go back to that time. Let's go back to March 2020. So yeah. what was that like, that first announcement? Um, what were those, those last few days like before you had to close the doors? I don't think we thought that we would get closed that quickly. But it was just, it was terrifying because I didn't know how we could afford to keep going as a family. I didn't know how long we were going to have to try and survive. I didn't know if any support would be available. Um, and I didn't know how I was going to make any money. I mean, that's it was a real fear, actually, mm. that this could just be the end of it. Mm. Like, realistically, being closed for six months or eight months really could be a death sentence for your business. And that was terrifying. And I can't do anything about it. It was it was very um, stressful mentally. But there's literally nothing you could do. You just yeah. thought, well, you know, I, for the first time, I have no control over my business, my finances, anything. I've just got to be at the mercy of the government, the situation. It was just horrible. Mm. And it's, yeah. that, it's that double whammy, isn't it? It's, it's not just that you lose control. It's also that you don't know how long that's going to go on for. Mm. There's no end point. Like if someone said to you, you've got to close your business for the next two weeks, um, and we're going to give you some financial support to help you through it, but it's only two weeks, right? You can mm. you, you can deal with that. Okay, you're not in control, but you, you can kind of accept that. And I remember talking to a couple of mates who work in medicine, and they were just like, we, we just don't know mm. how this is going to play out. And that, as a business owner, that's really difficult to deal with, isn't it? Yeah. And this is it. I, if you'd have had some time for it, if they said, oh, you know, you've got to close for a month and we'll give you some support, you'd be like, oh, great. Well, go. We'll have, we'll have some time off. This is amazing. We've not had this for, for such a long, for seven years, you know, let's take a month off. But it wasn't like that. It was just like, yeah, we don't really know what's happening. You need to close for an undefined amount of time. So... Yeah, it was it was crazy, and and I, th- I think a lot of business owners fell into a category where they didn't get any personal support hmm. um, either. But it was just it was bad, you know. So I had to kind of come up with some solutions to bring in some money for myself. And one of those solutions that you came up with was, along with a lot of hospitality businesses, was to move some of your events online. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I put that in place kind of almost instantly to do online gin tastings. Do you know, it's a lo- it was a lot of work. It's actually a lot of work to implement. It, it, was, it was literally like creating a whole new business. That's mm. a whole new uh, thing that we had to do. And we also started doing home delivery. It was all brand new, all stuff that we hadn't even considered doing before. So again, you know, it's, that, was, that was pretty scary. I just kept thinking, I just need to do something for my own sanity, even just to keep a presence in people's minds for whenever they may or may not be allowed to come back to the bar. If nothing else, we'd stay in people's minds for when they were allowed to come back in the bar. So if nothing else, it was just a marketing exercise that hopefully was going to make some money, but we had no idea. This is the pits of owning your own business. This is when you think, why did I do this? Why didn't I just be employed? Why did I ever think that this was a good idea? You know, you're thinking about going back in time and telling yourself seven years ago, don't do it, you know? This is a stupid idea. (laughs) Just be employed by somebody. That's what, yeah, that's the sane option. So Yeah, this is the... The point where you're looking at everything crumbling around you and thinking, "What the fuck happens now?" Yeah. Mm. Um, so let's let's come out of that period. So <laughs> yes. so we start we start moving towards June July time, and there is talk of of parts of the industry reopening. What was that like, and how how did you prepare for that? So that was really terrifying, as well as just a sort of long bleak story, isn't it? It was 
really overwhelming. Um, we had to, again, implement a load of things, invest, again, more money that we didn't have to buy things to make this environment feel safe for people. You know, you had to rejig all your tables. You had to make sure you had hand sanitizers, face masks. I know it doesn't seem like that's a lot, but it, you know, when you when you're running on nothing, anything is 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 a big ask. And it was it was it was the staff were really worried about it because we're saying right, you know, you need to be here front line in front of everybody. And I think they were nervous. You know, they were scared. They didn't know how people mm. that came in were going to react, how they were going to behave. Which, incidentally, on the first day that people came back, they didn't behave very well. I've got to mm. say. It was like caged animals being let out, you know? Yeah. Um, and and that was very difficult for the staff. And plus, they hadn't been working for X amount of months. And and people are very unforgiving, you know? Like, they'll, they'll be like, oh, this service is terrible. I want better service. And it's like, <laughs> well, you know what? Like, this is new stuff for them all. They, they have to implement all these things. And it's like, yeah, but they have to come and they have to take your name. You have to scan a QR code. You have to do all these new systems they have to obviously the service is slow they've not been working for three months and everyone was so unforgiving that it was it, yeah it was just really stressful but we had a good few months and it was it, it was it was pretty nice and then the yeah. tier system came in you were only allowed to open if you did food and served a substantial meal yeah. and it was it was upsetting for us because we we are so much safer than a lot of other premises that do serve food we knew that we had it right we put loads of effort into getting this right and our policies were great, but we still weren't allowed to open at that point. So we had to close again. Yep. And then tier four meant it was a very short lived, mm. uh, good spell. I think it was like, I don't know, a couple of months that we had open fully. It was a very much that first reopening set. It was just a real roller coaster. It was a mess. I felt like it was a mess. But I think that's, that's, that's business, isn't it? This is, this is what you realize. I'd just been really lucky that it, it had been so consistent for so long, I guess. I'm hoping that it's taught me to be a bit more adaptable and less panicky about change. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. Um, I remember visiting Riddles. I think it was July, end of July, uh, beginning of August. And yes. what, what really jumped out for me was the commitment that you guys had to creating what felt like a very safe environment. Yeah, And what we've noticed at Impact over the past year is that there's a huge group of customers now for whom that is their primary concern. Before anything else, the, their first concern is, where am I going to feel safest? Who do I have confidence in the most yeah. that they're going to take my safety seriously? And that that's not something that you can say about every bar and pub in the country because everyone's approaching this in different ways. So what mm -hmm. what have you taken away from that? process in terms of how you talk to your customers and how you talk about covid safe measures and all that sort of stuff it was it was weird to change the language that we used on things like social media and, and, and through our content from you know we do these amazing drinks and this is what makes us special to you know we are really clean and we <laughs> we, we keep everyone apart and it was a complete change of tone but i suppose what you have to learn from that I guess, is that you have to adapt to the current attitudes of, of, of people and adapt your business according to, to kind of what's going on in the world. I don't know. It was it it taught me to think about changing content depending on people's attitudes, I guess. Well, while we're 
talking about lessons and so on. Um, so we've, it feels like we're coming out the other side, at least of the legal restrictions in the UK yeah. in the next couple of weeks. The jury is still kind of out about what that will be like and how successful it will be and whether restrictions will come in again at a later date. I guess we just need to wait and see. But having been through this roller coaster experience with all of its ups and all of its downs, what advice would you give to other businesses about being prepared for change or dealing with, with change when that comes along? I think the most important thing that I found was um, to try and initially look after my own mental well-being and the mental well-being of the people that work for me. I thought that was probably the most important place to start. Yeah. And, and like you'd said to me at the beginning, when I had my whole, oh, I've got to do this, we've got to do that, I've got to do that, to sit back and say, look, there are things here that I cannot control and I have to let them go right mm. now. You know, I can't control how long this is going to go on for. I can't control government uh, decisions. I can, there's none of that I can control. But in the situation like this, I need to to be able to let them go. It's It's difficult to plan for the unknown, I guess, but... Um, being prepared to deviate from your normal business plan is important, and I think I think to ask for help as well because I think I think quite often when we've got our own business, we think, oh, you know, we've got to do everything because that will save us money, and that's the most important thing. Um, but I think quite a lot of the time, you need to seek out help and advice and delegate things. Um, which I've learned as well, but actually a lot of the a lot of the time I've been wasting my time trying to do things that I'm not efficient at, and actually that's that's probably losing me money and use my time looking after myself mentally, but also doing the things that I know I am the best at uh, and I'm really efficient at, yeah. and that will make a difference. And I think I think it taught me a, a lot more about that actually. Yeah. Um, Because Dell and I, since COVID, actually have stepped away from actually doing lots of shifts in the bar because we've realized that, you know, the staff can do that. The staff Mm. want to do that. They need the hours as well. They they want to be there. Yeah. We've we've realized that we need we can't do everything. Yeah. Well, look, let me let me try and summarize. I think there's four there's four really important points there that I think are really valuable. The first one, which is making sure that you look after yourself. I think for for business owners to hear that is it you know it never stops being important. Um, lesson number two, which you you raised, is that uh, this sort of acceptance of there will always be things that you're not in control of and that you can't change, and learning to be okay with that. But then lesson three, which is being prepared to adapt and change what you do, depending on on how those situations change. Um, and then lesson number four is is that old chestnut of just being prepared to ask for help mm. and, and and reach out and, and get assistance and guidance and outsource to other people. I, I can't think of four better lessons to come out of out of covid in the past 16 months awesome well thank you thank you for sharing your covid story with us some really helpful little nuggets in there and any listeners that are listening to this and and can relate to these points i mean get in touch drop us an email to the show at podcast at impactbizbiz.co.uk let us know your stories as well um emma thanks for that oh you're very welcome So normally this is the point in the show where Chris would ask me what's been pissing me off this week, but he's on holiday. So it's my absolute pleasure to ask Emma, 
what has pissed you off this week? Oh, God. I mean, so many things, but obviously you want me to focus on one. Um, Something that really uh, has been pissing me off this week is I've been made to feel very old and out of touch this week by my staff. Now, if they do listen to this... (laughs) Please, I don't want them to take offence and think that they're they're, they're very good staff. But with every year that passes by, running a hospitality business, the staff seem to get younger. I'm approaching 40 and they're, I mean, honestly, some of them are born in like 2000 and, what what would it be, 2001? No, no, yeah, something like 2001, I think. Yeah, these people are 20 and they were born in 2001. And I think I'm just having major age crisis, but it's just that, I swear to God, I, I almost wanted to sack one of our very good staff just because they accurately guessed my age. <laughs> they said, oh, are you, are, you, are you like late 30s? I was like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just feeling really, really old and, and, and I feel like they need to have a bit more kind of diplomacy and when they speak to like older women like myself and... Um, you make reference to things you know you think you, you, you're dead amusing and you'll say something that has some kind of reference to Top of the Pops and they'll look at you like you know that what the hell is Top of the Pops what the hell is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and you just one of our staff tried to put on this and oh we're thinking of um, you know some, some new playlists I got loads of compliments on this new playlist the other day and they put it on and honestly I swear to God I, I just I can't even describe what it, what it was some kind of electro robotic nonsense with like i don't know some I, it was just yeah i'm just feeling very out of touch and i think our young people need to look well, see that they're making me sound old when i talk about this situation they compare me to they'll say things like i'll walk in they go oh my mum's got that that cardigan <laughs> because their mums are near are my age <laughs> And it just upsets me. And I think, you know, why aren't hospitality staff older? Well, I'll tell you why, because it's exhausting and, and nobody our age can hack it anymore because we want to be in bed at 10 o'clock, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I don't know if that's that's not ranting about the state. I mean, this is always going to be the way, isn't it? But- no, look, if I mean, I can't think of a better topic for rant of the week than the concept of time and ageing. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just so <laughs> if you're going to go big, go big. So it just all of it, it just happens all of a sudden. It's just very upsetting when you work in a bar. Like um, I, I'm saying to the staff, you need to ID all of the people in here, and they're like, "Why?" It's like because they're all 12 years old. Look how young they all look, and they're all like 25. <laughs> <laughs> it's very upsetting. Um, so yeah, it's it's like proper existential crisis territory when you when you own a bar, and yeah. So awesome. that's 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 what upset me this week. Well, it's time to unplug the old Corby trouser press and put on your favourite slacks as we ask, what has been distracting you from work and business this week? Emma, what little things have brought you immense joy this week? Okay, so I have taken up during the lockdown and um, I've continued um, doing a sport that my husband's really into that is far beyond my my age and let's talk about age again but um, rollerblading <laughs> <laughs> I thought that this was a tremendous idea in lockdown to start rollerblading because you know we were allowed our one hour of um, activity a day and uh, the, the skate park near us is completely deserted 
so yeah, so I've I've started doing a bit of Avril Lavigne dressing in a. <laughs> is it cultural reference for the kids? <laughs> yeah, this is what I mean. These, yeah, the kids won't know who the hell that is, but um, yeah, and uh, I've been basically doing loads of things that potentially is going to cause me huge, massive injuries very soon. Um, but the, I mean, I maybe maybe it's the the, the fear of that, the fear of impending bone breakage. That, that gives me just the amount of cathartic thrill that that I, that I need these days. <laughs> so I'll um, probably be speaking to you in like a month's time with broken bones and all sorts. But okay, so there we go. So what's brought you joy? The threat of impending bone trauma. Mm. Brilliant. Okay. Well, look, what's brought me joy? this week is an Irish singer-songwriter called Orla Gartland, who is um, just, I mean, she's an absolute star. I I just cannot get enough of her music. Um, She's released a new track this week from her forthcoming album called Woman on the Internet, and it's just brilliant. Like, there's a little breakdown in the middle of the song, uh, and the synth part that sits underneath it is just an absolute joy. I mean, she's basically in my support bubble, whether she knows it or not. Uh, she's touring in the UK and Ireland at the end of this year, um, and I, I just absolutely cannot wait. So, uh, yeah, go and see her. All of Gartland, she's, she's just brilliant. Mm. Synths and rollerblading, how retro are we? I know, bloody hell. (laughs) And that's it for this week. Uh, Thanks to our guest, Emma, for joining us. Uh, Emma, how can people find out more about you? Um, They can um, visit our website for riddles, uh, riddlesbar.com. Obviously, we're based in Altrincham, um, and if they want to come and try the best cocktails around, then it would be lovely to see them. Great. Great stuff. And thanks to all of you for listening. Don't forget you can message podcast directly by emailing us at podcast at impactbiz.co.uk. Subscribe and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, or preferred podcast player. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and tell your mates that you love them. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Founders Anonymous is an Impact and Fixpec production. Mm-hmm.